the steam presentation at Promontory Point in Promontory, Utah, is rather charming. What you see is two 19th century engines, and train engines, chug down the track. And it just fills your soul with nostalgia, helping us remember the connecting point of the Union Pacific and Central Pacific Rail Lines. When was that? 1849. And as any picture of the site can attest, or any video that you see, Promontory has become almost exactly what the federal government, bureaucrats, and politicians thought it would become. The Chicago of the West. I mean, just look at the pictures. That shows you the forethought and capacity for revelation you can get from government. Now, as noted by Walter Coffey, in several years, 20,000 or so workers laid over 1,700 miles of track, and coast-to-coast -coast travel was reduced from six months down to less than a week. Railroad executives had only been given a nominal fee for the trouble. 23 million acres of land and $64 million in taxpayer money, which is a cautionary omen that whenever you have a public-private partnership, everyone's trying to steal from the taxpayer. That's the omen, and that's what you can expect. Now back to Promontory. Less than three years after the ceremony at Promontory Point, the Union Pacific Company declared bankruptcy. Ha <laughs> ha! due to the vast inefficiencies and waste of its organization. I know, <laughs> we're all shocked. Now, the Central Pacific Rail Company ultimately followed suit for the same reason. It took them longer. You know, that the shoddy workmanship on the line led to continuous repairs to bridges, viaducts, tunnels, rails, ties, and beds, which proved too costly to repair at a consistent basis over time. <laughs> Now, following completion of the railroad and the revelations of Credit Mobiler, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but what it means is it was an idea that government officials would use government contracts to line their own pockets. So they called it Credit Mobiler, or Mobilizer, probably Mobiler. That's what they called it. It's more of an older term, though. So the modern term is public servant. <laughs> You're going to use the government largesse to line your own pockets. Anyway, in light of all this, Congress passed drastic regulations on these railroad companies that made it extremely difficult for private entrepreneurs to run an effective rail company. Consequently, most government-subsidized railroads went bankrupt because they were bogged down by regulations and handicapped by the inefficiencies of taxpayer-funded public works projects. In the Promontory Point case, it was only about 200 miles more track bedding that was laid than was supposed to be laid. You know, each company was building in di different directions, and the building crews were paid by the mile. So there was no incentive to do anything other than wave at the guys laying the other rail bedding going the other way. That's not normal. Why wouldn't you ask a question? Incentives were goofy. Now, many historians have claimed that the great railroads of the 19th century could not have been built without government subsidies. Oh, true believers. Interesting side note, the entire British railroad system was built with private funds. 
And the Great Northern Railroad under James Hill was a private transcontinental company that prospered when government-funded companies were going under. I wonder why. The presence of corruption is also difficult for these historians to fathom. Even though I'm sure they're all well aware that the senator in charge of the oversight of the Union Pacific and Central Pacific Railroads owned shares in both companies. <laughs> what could go wrong? The lesson is corruption, fraud, waste, and mismanagement still handicap projects that are undertaken by government corporate partnerships. That's where we get the phrase, the bridge to nowhere. But that doesn't mean anyone who stands to profit from government largesse has an incentive to stop pilfering you and your loved ones anytime soon. So you can expect the building of railroads to nowhere to continue forever and ever and ever, or at least until the United States currency suffers the same fate as the Union and Central Pacific Railroad Companies. <laughs>